to Amera Eurovision Cast, a podcast where a very American couple discusses the very European Eurovision Song Contest. Join us as we come together to discuss the best, the worst, and the weirdest that the Eurovision Song Contest has to offer. We're the American couple. I'm Meg. And I'm Lucas. And this week we're going to talk about, um, I guess, Eurovision news. As we're approaching Eurovision, it's coming up, we're starting to see the contestants, starting to see some of the songs, and we just want to share our thoughts with the current crop that we have. Right? We already have five songs that have been announced that have been posted up on YouTube that we can go out and see. We'll provide you with some clips of those and some of our reflections. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a lot. There are eventually going to be 43, I believe, entrants this year, so wow, five is... Not a lot, but but it's somewhere. It's somewhere to start. And if we talk about these five now, we won't have to talk about them later when other ones come out. <laughs> this is true. So let's go ahead and get started with the first one. All right. Or at least the first one that we watched. They are in no particular order at this point. Um, well, I don't know. They're kind of in... Yeah, they're kind of in alphabetical order. Hey. Right. It's alphabetical by country. Unintentional alphabetical by how Americans use call the country. Right. Well, I... I Okay, let's be honest. It's just alphabetical by what was ever on the Eurovision Song Contest website. So if they put it in alphabetical order, that's what it's in. So there we go. Thanks, Eurovision, for doing our work for us. <laughs> so the first selection. Uh, from Austria, we now have Zoe um, giving us a song in French. So pardon my French here. Uh, Laurent Dici? Something like that. Now, one thing that you can't get from listening to it um, is that the visual is very, very good, I thought. Uh, they have kind of a cool use of a background projection, walking through fields, that kind of thing. Uh, we'll, we'll link up this video on um, Facebook so that you can see that or you can search for it. Uh, so I thought that was very cool. Uh, at the same time, I doubt that's going to be unique this year. When we look at last year's winner, uh, he was one, I think he won largely because he used the background so well and also provided a reasonably good song to go with it. So I think lots of people are going to try that same gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. The background is not, um, if you haven't seen it before, the backgrounds are not stationary. They are projectors, you know, digitally projected, um, screens. You can do a lot with them, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't do a lot. They just put up some, I don't know, like screensaver kind of graphics. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I think what is really cool about this one, uh, like Sweden last year when they won, or they interacted with the background a lot. So they would do their choreography and it, would, and it looked like it made things happen in the background. Uh, we didn't get that as much here, but they kind of had hints of that or like she's kind of walking in place and we're moving through the field and it, it kind of had a very cool effect. Yeah, I'm hoping they uh, improve that. They kind of build on that for the stage show if they make it through. Um, because right now it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, but it's nothing really unique. The song itself, it's uh, what we call a stand and sing. Mm -hmm. And that is what it says on the tin. It is where someone stands there and sings. Usually it's a lady who does a stand and sing, although we've had men in the past. Um, you can win with a stand and sing. Celine Dion, oh, yeah. when she won, that was a stand and sing. Um, there have been successful stand and sings, but it's harder. Um, let's remember, Austria had a successful stand and sing not too long ago. 
Yes, well, Austria's stand and sing had some other unique elements, and that's the thing. If you're going to have a stand and sing, you have to distinguish yourself from everyone else somehow. Um, whether it's an exceptionally good song or some sort of gimmick, uh, or, uh, just some weird thing that you do on stage. It's, you, you can't. Wings of Fire? Wings of Fire? Yeah, we will talk about Austria's stand and sing. No. Yeah, Austria's yeah. stand and sing, uh, winner. Again, in a, in a later podcast, um, Rise Like a Phoenix, Conchita, fabulous, fabulous song. Yeah, and I think you can probably tell from the way we talked about it, the most impressive thing was that they had a cool projection. As a song, it's pleasant to listen to. I wouldn't rush to skip past it, but it really didn't go anywhere. It had the feeling that it's, it's just kind of being the same for three minutes, and it takes a lot for me to get bored in three minutes, and I got bored in three minutes in this case. Yeah, this is the kind of song where if it was on in the car, we would probably talk over it. That's exactly it. Yeah, so I think that's one thing going against it. Uh, another thing going against this song um, is that it's not in English. I feel like singing it in French, they're trying to get France's vote, and they probably will, I would guess. Not that many countries sing in France. I'm um, singing French. Uh, but... I don't know that they're going to get many votes from anyone else. Yeah, definitely. If you want to win, um, you you sing in English. I mean, you don't have to. Last year, Italy, I got third. I yeah, think they got third, right. and they sang in Italian, but they were fantastic and like multi Grammy winners, and uh, so they're good anyway. But the winner was in English. Right. Yeah, and that's a trend we've seen. I think it's the past ten years or something like that. It's always been an English song that's won. Uh, I think I was just looking up, and I think I saw statistics saying in the past fifteen years, thirteen of them have been in English. So English helps. We'll just say that. So you know, overall, uh, our opinion. I think it's a fair song, but she's really going to have to do something different, something a little more exciting to get very far. Uh, our second song is um, from Bosnia and Herzegovina, um, Dalal and Dean, also featuring Anna Ruckner and Yala. Uh, they give us the song Lubavie. This is really kind of coolly set. I don't know if this was like the stage of the final, but they were on two different levels in this kind of cathedral-looking building. There's an electric cello. Yeah, yeah, it's electric, right? Yeah, I think so. It looks like a batleth. It's awesome. Uh, they're on the bottom, and then the singers are on the top. It's a duet. There are four people ultimately involved, but the singers are a duet, which we tend to like duets. Oh, yes, I like duets very much. Um, I don't know. It was pretty good. It was okay. Well, and until, right, so we were going through, I thought, this is kind of a good song. They're singing it well. It has more drama than some of the other songs we listened to. But then right in the middle, it was right around, the, actually right around the halfway point, out comes, we're guessing probably Yala, uh, and Yala is apparently a rapper. It always bothers me when we have like this nice pop song and then break into rap right around the middle of it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, people like to do it and it does provide some sense of drama. And I guess as a rapper, he was fair. I don't know a lot about rap, but it always just throws me off because it's mixing two genres that just feel like they don't go together. Right. And I don't know that we've ever seen a song like this do well. Uh, you tend to do a bit better if you 
have some drama in your song, but you stay with a consistent style throughout. I remember a couple of years ago, um, there was one song that was, uh, everyone really thought it was going to win. The bookies really thought it was going to win. I think it was about three years ago. It might have been Conchita's Gear, actually. And it was sort of an EDM kind of song, and everyone really expected it to do well, and it did not. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, other things about this song, about uh, Lubavier. Uh, her dress is awesome. I have seen a dress like that online built as a Darth Vader cape dress. So I could, I could have purchased it, purchased it if I wanted to. It was kind of nice to see. I was like, oh, I know what that is. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. The ending was there. It ended. I wouldn't say it ended. I'd say it stopped. Yeah, that's true. It felt like the kind of song that needed a big dramatic end, but it didn't. It just kind of... Right, like was we, done. Yeah, we sang the last verse and and scene. That's basically it. Yeah, I I think they'll do okay, but I would honestly, I actually think I'd be a little bit surprised if they made it to the finals. Yeah, I would too. Um, besides, for, again, not being in English is is gonna hurt them. Uh, it was it was you know a reasonably good song, but I don't know that there's enough in it that would stand out to push them through to the finals. Next, uh, we have Georgia's entry, Nika Kocharov and Young Georgian Lolitas, with a Z, singing Midnight Gold. This is a rock band, a four-man uh, rock band, electric guitar, drums. They are singing in English. I kind of dig it, um, except that for a rock song, it has got this weird laid-back feel. Yeah, that is that is exactly it. And it keeps that laid-back feel all the way through. It's, it's, again, one of those songs where you listen to the first 30 seconds and you've heard the whole song. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're fine. It's nice to see. I always like to see a rock band. I always kind of like when a little bit heavier stuff comes up. Um, but again, like, I just feel like they think they're rocking harder than they are. I just want them to kick up the tempo a little bit. And that seems to be a problem whenever you have rock songs in this contest. That yeah, They all seem to feel, they all look like they feel like they're rocking harder than they sound is really what it boils down to. Yeah, like in their head, they're totally rocking it out hard, but it's it's almost easy listening. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So next up, uh, we have Rika. Sure, maybe that's how you pronounce it. Rika? Maybe, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, she's from Switzerland, and she's singing The Last of Our Kind. And stronger. So what do you think about Rika? Well, she's totally copying Russia's look from last year. Absolutely. She 100% stole Russia's fashion. Yep. <laughs> White dress, uh, close-cropped blonde hair. Uh, she's a lovely-looking person, but that I mean, she looks absolutely like a Russian clone. All right, so here's what stood out to me about Rika. 
one of the first big phrases, I think, in like the chorus of the song, if I recall correctly, uh, was stronger than water. She's she's doing all of these comparisons. Right? It's deeper than reason. Stronger than water is the first one. As a native English speaker, I kind of went, what? Water is super strong, yo. Well, sure, but that's not a comparison I would make. Right? Stronger than iron? Sure. Right? Stronger than steel? Absolutely. Stronger than titanium? Terrible, terrible song <laughs> lyric, but true. Right? Water, yeah, okay, I guess technically it's strong, but you can pass right through it without a problem. So mm. uh, it j- that just didn't fly for me. That's a good point. Yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes songs don't translate. They might be singing in English, and, and Rika is singing in, in English, um, but they might not be singing in the English that we talk in. <laughs> That's true. Now, now sometimes it, it's a difference between American English and UK English. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's the case here. I, I doubt that Brits talk about things being stronger than water. Brits, if uh, stronger than water is something that you do actually use on a regular basis, let us know. Uh, huh. We would be okay if we were wrong with that, but we just we think we're right. No, wait, wait. Isn't blood stronger than water? No, blood is thicker than water? Oh, you're right. Right? You're right. Yeah, so I don't know anything that's stronger than water. <laughs> Except basically everything, everything I can think of would be a better comparison. Stronger than lots of water, stronger than persistent water. You know, nothing is stronger than persistent water, but that's not, that's a bad song. Yeah, yeah. The, the lyrics leave something to be desired. We'll just say that. <laughs> it is a pretty good song, actually. It's a pretty pleasant song. I enjoyed listening to it. Right. And it has more drama than some of the other songs, I think specifically of Austria, Austria didn't go anywhere, but this one you had some variety, but it stayed consistent in terms of having one style. I I thought it was actually kind of a nice song to listen to because of the drama in it. Mm-hmm. I liked her staging. Um, she is kind of reclining on a mm-hmm. I don't know, like a circle in the middle of mist, and then it rises up a little bit. Right. Although I have to confess, I really wanted her to just fly off that platform. Yeah, yeah. Well. You can't get everything you want. Maybe maybe in the final. That's true. You got to save something. Now, while it's true we liked the song, I didn't necessarily think her performance was as strong as some of the others, just in terms of vocal quality. Um, like, as boring as a, I may have been by Aus- as bored as I may have been by Austria, um, you know, at least she sang the song very well. She was always perfectly on pitch and all of that. Uh, I didn't always get the feeling that that was true of Rika. I felt like she was kind of almost singing the right notes, but not quite there, uh, which is occasionally a problem you see. I remember, I think it was last year, uh, there was one song that sounded great in the um, preview video, but as soon as they got on stage, we immediately said, okay, they're not making the final, because they didn't quite sing it on key. Yeah, it was Macedonia's entry from last year. That's it. Autumn Leaves. And the song is great. We love to listen to it. We love singing along. It was one of our tops um, before the semifinals happened. And yeah, just I don't know what was going on. They did not hit it. They did not. And it's I'm afraid that the same would happen with Rika this year. Like if because it sounds it sounds right, but almost right, if that makes sense. Right, yeah, I She's think... She's just like a, a, a smidge off. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's It feels like the kind of thing that you could easily correct in a studio, um, but in a live performance, you don't really have the setup to do that. 
Um, so that makes me kind of worried about how well she's going to be able to do performing this um, actually there in the semifinals. Okay, and the last one that we have for tonight, the last of the new ones that is up. This is a treat. <laughs> this is a treat. Uh, this is Ukraine's entry, 1944 by Jamala. and um, Maybe Yamala. Maybe Yamala, I, yeah. I, I feel like once you move Germany and East, I always treat the J like a Y. So we'll call her Yamala. Yeah, Yamala, 1944. And strangers are coming. They come to your house They kill you all And say we're not guilty Not guilty Where's your mind? Humanity cries You think you are God But everyone dies Don't swallow my soul Our souls Alright, alright I have to say it The first word in my notes when I was typing up about this song was just creepy, followed by (laughs) super weird. (laughs) My first, my first notes were, is this about World War II? With three question marks. Um, because as I've mentioned before, my other podcast that's, that's winding down is the Ration Project, where we've been talking about World War II history for a year. So I got kind of excited. I'm like, oh, I know about 1944. So what was happening in Ukraine in 1944? Bad things, man. That explains the song. <laughs> right. um, but in terms of style, I think this song reminds me a lot of Latvia's last year, which was just another one of those cases where you took two, what, what really feel like two different songs and smashed them together, kind of alternated between them. And actually kind of like Latvia's last year. I kind of like the one. I don't like the other as well. On the whole, I think I like Ukraine this year better than Latvia last year. Uh, But I think it's going to run into that same problem of not really having a consistent style. In terms of content, uh, this is a protest song. It is is an anti-war song, very much like Hungary last year. And I remember um, the author Maureen Johnson was tweeting about... Uh, Eurovision during the finals last year and when Hungary's entry came on she tweets this song is good for you and so that's what I wrote about Ukraine this year I wrote this song is good for you although it is more edgy than last year Hungary's yes a lot more talk of burning bodies and killing your family and (laughs) yep I actually kind of got the feeling that this song titled 1944 is not actually about 1944. I feel like it's about Putin. Why would that be? <laughs> well, if you remember, um, last year, Ukraine was unable to make it to the Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> as the Crimea was being invaded um, by Russian forces. So it, it's... I kind of wonder what she's actually talking about. And I will say that that makes this song... It's probably going to be very controversial uh, because you're not supposed to bring politics into it. I know that... uh, What country was it that had problems last year with that? Was it Armenia? Armenia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. talking about the Armenian massacre, genocide. Yeah. um, Was kind of worked into their song. And there was a lot of question of whether they should be disqualified. They had to change the title. I know that, that they had to change the title. Um, And they never... 
really reference it and their stage show did not really reference it but no. their preview video was very clearly about the armenian um the massacre the the diaspora i mean very clearly yes uh and i yeah this is not a surprise uh for ukraine to come in you know, after being away for a year for Russian reasons to come in with a song like that. But yeah, I think we'll be seeing a lot about this in the news. So this is probably a good place to transition to our second topic for today. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about last year's song. Um, so tell me about the winner from last year. Last year's winner was uh, Sweden mm-hmm. for, I believe, the third time in recent years. That sounds about right. And it was... Uh, Mons Zelmerlo? Something like that. Yeah. With the song Heroes, it was a good song. Um, but he was not the leader in votes for the first part of the of the finals. Right. For actually for quite a bit. Uh, it looked like the contest was going to be largely between two different countries, not Sweden. Um, one of those was Italy, which we mentioned before. Right. Right, three tenors sing this beautiful Italian song. Grande amore. Yeah, it's about as Italian as you can get. Doing remarkably well for not being in English. Mm-hmm. The other was Russia. And Russia had a great song. Yes, Million Voices. Million Voices. It's all about uh, being unified and how we're all one. Um. <laughs> which, which takes on a slightly different, I don't know, feel... When you're in the middle of invading another country. Yeah, so the political situation with Russia last year, while Eurovision was happening, um, big Russian movements in the Crimea, politically in, on the world stage, Russia's uh, being very bold and getting the side eye from pretty much everyone <laughs> for, their, for their actions. Uh, no one is really happy with Russia. And th- the thing is, whoever wins Eurovision... That country hosts the next year's contest. So this year it'll be in Sweden because Sweden won last year. Um, and the idea of Russia host, or yeah, of Russia hosting Eurovision, um, was alarming for some people. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put it that way. Uh, and just how unpopular Russia was, if you go back the year before last, uh, the Russian um, entry was a set of identical twins. They sang some song. I don't it was actually, all right. I don't okay. remember them that well. Um, but they actually got booed on stage. And I don't think it was because their performance wasn't very good. I, I think people had other things in mind. Yeah, no, there were definitely worse performances that did not get booed. At, oh, yes. In fact, because of the Russian booing, last year the Eurovision Song Contest put in place uh, anti-booing technology. Right. Anti-booing technology apparently is just... Basically a clap track. Yeah, we're pretty sure that someone just had their finger on the mute button and put the clap track on. Right. I I really can't imagine what else it would be to have some kind of technology that can dampen booze but allow all the cheers to work. That really feels like it has to be a mute button and a play button. Yeah, it was a little suspicious, but I understand why they did it. Because when the voting started... Yeah. I felt real bad for Russia. Yeah. Like, 
Now, we couldn't hear the boos because of this great anti-booing technology, <laughs> but it was very clear what was happening uh, because um, Conchita, who had won the year before, right, was there, right, was talking with some of the contestants as the votes were coming in and was there right, talking to Russia. And she was really, um, what do I want to say? She was kind Stern. Of, yeah, she was very stern. Right? She gave the audience a talking to. That's it. Um, about being respectful of every con- co- um, competitor and uh, being kind to everyone. And being quite clear that like, Russia's contestant deserved to be here, right? <laughs> it was really kind of hilarious to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and the poor girl... Votes came, as votes were coming in, um, Russia took the lead pretty quickly. Yes, they did. By quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. and she looked terrified. Yeah, she really did. I mean, you couldn't tell from her face whether she was more afraid of winning or more afraid of not winning. Yeah, I really did feel very, very bad for her. Ultimately, I think it worked out as well as it could for her. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she ended up in in second place, yeah, in second place, so... And it was reasonably close. It was reasonably close, so she did her best, so hopefully, you know, Putin couldn't punish her for throwing the contest or anything, but she also didn't have to, like, face the anger of the crowd for giving Eurovision to Russia for a year. Right, exactly. It was one of the most tense voting situations, I mean... Just watching every vote come in, like, oh my gosh, like, it can't, they can't possibly give it to Russia, can they? Who else can come up? <laughs> right. Yeah. It was a tense, it was a tense evening at our house. <laughs> it, it really was. It really was. Uh, and you, it was also amusing watching the votes come in because you could see uh, a lot of the votes were, please don't invade us next votes. Oh, absolutely. The people that were giving Russia the 12 points a lot of the times were satellites. We're right next door. Mm-hmm. We're targets within range of, say, missiles. Right. Now, to be fair, though, you do often see regional voting patterns. It wasn't necessarily believing that Putin would not invade them if they voted for Russia in Eurovision. I don't know that Putin cares that much about Eurovision. I don't know. No, probably not. No, not at all. He's too busy wrestling bears. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's true. I'm really interested to see what Russia comes up with this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Last year's song, While Great, did kind of have a weird, like, apology feel to it. Oh, yes. Very much so. Um, I forget. What was the line? Like, maybe we can start again is, like, in the first line. Like, maybe we can start again. (laughs) I think it was exactly that. Just the poor girl. Like, please don't hate us because Putin's crazy. <laughs> right. So, be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they need to implement that super cool anti-boo technology again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But so let's talk about the actual winner. Oh, sure. We've kind of alluded to what he did on stage a few times, talked about how cool it was and how effective it was. Why don't you tell him a little bit more about what exactly he did? Well, let's play a little bit for you so you can hear the song first. We are the heroes of our time. Heroes. Ooh. But we're dancing with the demons in our minds. Heroes. Ooh. All right. Um, so now what you can't see, what, what I really think is the reason that he won, right, is the interaction between... Um, Mons Zamerlo, or however you, however you pronounce this name. Um, I'll just call him Mons. 
uh, the interaction between Mons and the projection behind him, right? So he is consistently, throughout the whole thing, right, the motions that he's doing are, it really looks like they have an impact on what's happening behind him. Of course, we know that's not what's happening. It's all just very well choreographed. But it created this really, really cool effect, right? So there's one point where he's in the middle of a star field and he kind of moves his arms and the star field moves around with him. There's another part where he is sitting on a bench next to a projected stick figure and they look at each other and they interact with each other. And then we have a stick figure army behind him and they're all marching behind him. And it, it really looks like he's actually interacting with on the background. And I think that really, really gave him a serious edge. Absolutely. He was the only one that did that. Everyone else used the background, but just sort of like, well, like I said, like a screensaver, like a moving background. So maybe it would be like a city street and it might pan a little bit, or maybe the colors would change, or maybe, I don't know, like leaves would fall or something. So people would use them, but not not in a really striking way, in a cool way, but in a cool way like we've seen before. Nothing really unique, nothing really unusual. And people had the opportunity. There were a lot of places where they could have done really cool stuff. Mm. Oh, I will say, though, um, one of our favorite songs did use pretty cool effects. Goodbye to Yesterday. That was super cool, yes. Estonia, that was by Estonia. Yes, it was a duet, mm -hmm. and we do like duets. Yeah, we do, actually. That's one thing you'll find. We we have a bias toward duets. Yes, we do. Uh, mostly because we can sing them in the car. Right, especially but, if they're in English. I'm not such a big fan of the duets that aren't in English. We try. We just do a bad job with them. <laughs> yes, you've heard my French. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Goodbye to Yesterday by Estonia, from Estonia, rather, uh, was a duet about uh, a couple breaking up. The guy is leaving, and so they the, the guy and the girl were separated, mm -hmm. and he was walking out the door. So there was like a shadow, like a door over him. Right. And at the end of the song, it's like the door closes, and then he disappeared. <laughs> right. He just wasn't on stage anymore. And I have no idea how they did it. <laughs> I don't, it was super cool. Magic. <laughs> it, was, it was magic. I don't know if it was just lighting that they could, or redirection. I don't know, but mm -hmm. it looked. It could have been. I mean, a, a trap door. It looked really cool, though. Yeah. Like, the only other one that I can think of that really mm -hmm. tried to use the background would have been Spain. Mm -hmm. Um. And Spain didn't do very well at all last year, um, despite the fact it was a very nice song. Yeah, it's pretty fun, actually. Um, she actually tried to interact with the background. Song, uh, with the background. Um, I, I think like, the theme was kind of that you know, she's some kind of sorceress or something like that and casting spells. You can get some of the, kind of the magic-y look in the background. Uh, but I think it was just overshadowed by Sweden, which did in some ways, kind of the same thing in terms of interacting with the background, but did it much, much better mm -hmm. and more intensively. And the song was better. I mean, oh, yes. I liked Spain's song last year. It's cool. It's but a, it was in Spanish. But it was in Spanish, um, and it wasn't as catchy. Yes. Uh, you know, Heroes, the winner, is just super catchy. Even our uh, our four-year-old sings it sometimes. Our our We have two boys, and they hear a lot of Eurovision, unsurprisingly, because we play it a lot. And last year, we played the semifinals, uh, the preview videos, just kind of over and over and over and over again, because we liked it. It's such a solid year. We liked it so much. <laughs> so now our four-year-old sings, we are the heroes of our town. <laughs> don't have the heart to correct him yeah it's just too funny it's just too funny they also really like belgium's entry that is also true um 
which was, uh, the guy's really young. He was like, what, 17? Something like that. And he made it all the way to the finals, and he did pretty, he had pretty good showing. He was in he the did. top 10, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he may have even been like four or five. He might have been four or five, actually. And yeah, it's a really, really fun song. <laughs> the uh, rhythm, rhythm inside. Yes. And uh, the chorus has a kind of rap up up rap up part to it and the boys really like that like yeah. our oldest will say rap up up i want the rap up up song <laughs> and of course we play it of course but weird stage show yeah very strange his uh his preview video was odd but like it in an was. artsy way yeah so not alarmingly odd just sort of like oh he's going for some weird okay the song is totally solid i love the yeah. song but yeah the preview video was strange but then the stage show was like yeah, everything was kind of monochromatic, and he was doing kind of this robotic walking. Th- it, it it didn't. It was fit for me. Supposed to be some sort of dance, I think. Like maybe Mr. Roboto kind of dance. It was odd. It was real odd. Yeah, yeah. Now, so let's talk about our favorites from last year that didn't win. What was your favorite? I think my favorite. This is really hard. Um. I've had a hard time thinking of a top favorite because, like we said, last year was just so, so solid. Every song, pretty much. I mean, there's like one or two songs that that we don't care for. But for the most part, like they're all really good. But I think, I think I'm going to have to go with Hour of the Wolf. Okay. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. I, I was really torn between, uh, which I believe that was Azerbaijan. Yes. And the UK entry. Boy, I love the UK entry. <laughs> Can I talk about the UK entry a Do little it. bit? All right. It's it's by the group was called Electric Velvet and they did um sort of a retro future rockabilly. It was kind of swing. It was kind of swing, but then they they break into like rave for a little bit. Yeah. Um but it's just so fun. It's just this cute little British duet about you know, you take care of yourself because I love you. You know, be careful when you're on vacation. <laughs> Don't drink yeah. too much wine. Take your medication. It's just... Because I'm still in love with you. I'm still in love with you. It's so cute and it's so catchy and so fun. Um, And they had glow-in-the-dark stuff, which is fun. <laughs> I really liked them. They didn't do very well. No, I no. Really, like, at all. No. Following in the UK's typical footsteps, they didn't do very well. Which made me sad because I really did like them. But I think more than... I sort of solidly liked them. Mm-hmm. Hour of the Wolf, I like because it grew on me. Oh, uh, sure. So the preview video is a guy in an apartment, mm-hmm. and it switches between him by himself watching the sunrise and him at night having a party, and it's very confusing, but the song is super dramatic. Right. And what did you speculate it might actually be about? Okay, so we watched the preview video, and I thought... Maybe this is actually about werewolves. There, there really, there's no sign in the preview video at all that there would be werewolves or anything supernatural involved. Nothing, nothing, nothing in the song, really. The the video has nothing about it in. It's just a guy in a party and then a guy not in a party. <laughs> right, and the title is called Hour of the Wolf. Yeah. That's the biggest hint you have that it's about werewolves. So for, for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe, just, I think maybe hoping that it was about werewolves. Right. But weirdly, I kind of got the same feeling that it might be. So what happened when they got to the stage show? It was totally about werewolves. It totally was. 
<laughs> it was uh, the stage show was super weird. Yeah. It was him singing, and then there were also two people doing like modern interpretive dancing. Yes. As werewolves. Yep. Um, and at one point he kind of pushes them apart from fighting and steps into sing. It was. It was wonderful. It was everything I wanted from Eurovision. No, mm. that's not true. They could have had some more fire. But like weird dancing and a super, super dramatic song. Um, here, we'll play a little bit. We'll play the key change because that's the that's the really dramatic part. So, um, yeah, I think there's just, it's so hard to pick a favorite. I like them all, but I just for the thrill of actually being right, that's on my random guess that it was about werewolves, I'm going to have to go with Azerbaijan's Hour of the Wolf. So what about you? What was your favorite? Before I say what my favorite was, just to give you a sense of who we are in relation to the Eurovision Song Contest, right? We decided that it might be kind of fun last year to make brackets and watch all the preview videos and you know, put songs head to head and figure out who we thought the winner would might possibly be. And we were right. It was super fun. And we're going to do it again this year. And now that we've got this podcast, uh, you can do it along with us. But that is a couple weeks away. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, so we did the brackets, right? We came down, we had some small disagreements here and there, but for the most part, we basically had the same opinions and we had the same winner. Yeah, we did. And that winner was Serbia, where Bojana sang Beauty Never Lies. Beauty Never Lies, never. what i love about beauty never lies <laughs> it has what i like in a eurovision song right that is it has a nice like build up to this dramatic climax right where we kind of break out and we yeah it just kind of go crazy and you also have that in the stage show now unfortunately compared to a lot of the other stage shows bayana was up against it wasn't that impressive Right, but it did capture the spirit of the song. Uh, where early on you had it was Bayana and then four dancers. Uh, we think that she actually got the dancers as volunteers. And when you look at her preview video, um, it's a combination, a little bit of her singing, but then a lot of other people lip syncing her song. It's great. It's super funny and super cute. <laughs> like, right. it's wonderful. Right. So you kind of get the feeling that, like, she did a big call out to Serbia saying, hey, if you like Eurovision, Record yourself, right? We'll put this all together as part of the preview video. And there's at least one of the people that we know is in the preview video that is definitely on yeah. stage um, as one of the dancers. So I'm guessing that they might actually all have been um, from that video. Anyway, right, so they start out, right, they're all wearing these white masks or these white kind of robes. Uh, they, they have flags they're kind of walking around with. It's not particularly interesting <laughs> choreography, but when you hit the climax in the music, they tear off 
right? Their masks, they tear off their white robes, and they're all wearing different colors, or they're celebrating this diversity, which is largely what Eurovision's supposed to be about, is like celebrating the fact that you know, we are all European, but we are also right, Serbian and German and French and all of these other things. So I really, really liked that song. Had nice drama to it. Very well performed. She sang it well. And it, I don't think it did particularly well. It did not. We totally misjudged that. <laughs> she was 100%. She beat everyone in our bracket. Oh, yes. Every time we'd be like, is it, but is it better than Boyana? No. But is it better than Boyana? No. Yeah. I, I, I don't even remember how far Sweden got. I don't think Sweden don't, was in the top four. I don't think so either. <laughs> no, but oh, well. I really love, um, well, I also really love Serbia's song. I love Boyana, I love this. I love everything about it. One thing I really love that that probably Lucas doesn't care about quite as much is the message in it. Mm. Um, the song is called "Beauty Never Lies," and it is to me, I I see it as a very incredibly body positive, identity positive song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all about you know we have these veils, we have these mirrors, but, but we break away and we learn that, you know, beauty never lies. Like who we are is beautiful and it doesn't matter what you look like or, you know, it's just, it's who you are. You yourself is beautiful. And, um, I am a, I'm a woman of girth, I would say. (laughs) I'm an ample person. (laughs) And, uh, so this song to me is, is very encouraging. It's very positive. And I put it up there actually in my head. I, I sort of play them together. This and uh, Big Girl, You Are Beautiful. I was just thinking of that song. <laughs> I I like to play them back to back sometimes if I need a little bit of encouragement because they are very, very similar in sort of their upbeatness, their catchiness, uh, and just their positivity about, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be who you are. I like that. And Boyana is not a, is not a slim person either. She is oh. also a woman of girth and she's gorgeous. And has a gorgeous voice, and I appreciate that that she kind of flaunts that a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I have one question for you. Okay. We talked some about right, the contestants we've seen so far. We've talked some about winners from last year and some of our favorites from last year. So, do you think of the five videos we have at this point that we have a song that's going to perform well? That's a good question. Um, I actually want to say Ukraine is going to do pretty well. We It does have a lot in common with Latvia last year. Yes. We did not like Latvia. No. It was weird. But Europe yep. totally disagreed with us. Yep. Europe loved Latvia. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like the same kind of thing is going to happen with Ukraine. Also, we know that Eurovision people don't like Russia. And uh, Ukraine might get a lot of not. I don't want to say sympathy votes, but no, simpatico but po- votes. Yeah, let's say po- um, political votes. Political votes, yeah. So I actually I would look for Ukraine to do pretty well. I would look for Switzerland to do okay, mm-hmm. um, because it is so similar to other songs that have done okay. Right. Mm, honestly, I don't really think that Georgia's going to do well, but that's not unusual. Uh, yeah, I don't see the other ones doing doing great at all i would say right now out of the five we have uh ukraine and then switzerland are probably what i'm gonna peg as as good performers what about Mm -hmm. you yeah i think you're probably right um i'm they both do have the whole english thing going for them 
Um, and yeah, there's the fact that we're Americans and not Europeans. So that's probably going to help Ukraine. Uh, and people did seem to be really excited about Rika representing Switzerland. Um, so maybe she's more popular in Europe than over here, which is almost certainly true. Um, so there, she might have some support there. I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. Uh, my gut instinct says we probably don't have a winner yet. Yeah, I would agree. Now, part of that is because we don't have any of the Nordic countries yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, historically, if you are a Nordic country, that gives you a huge edge. Yeah, it does. Like we already mentioned, Sweden has done very, very well recently. Also, Norway has wins mm-hmm. not too le- not too long ago. Denmark has mm-hmm. a win right. Finland. Yeah, Finland not too long yeah. ago. So, like, all of those countries tend to do fairly well. Uh, it's been... A pretty long time right, since we've had, say, a winner from Bosnia. We did have a few years ago, right, Bosnia-Herzegovina do okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or they were kind of in the running for a while, but um, I don't think they finished first or second. Um, Georgia Georgia has this weird thing where they often give me songs that I like that don't do well. Mm-hmm. This year, it's a song that I don't even like particularly well. <laughs> right. So maybe it'll do well. <laughs> maybe it will. That's a good sign. Um, Switzerland is often similar. They give me very pleasant songs that I, I like to listen to, but they seem not to do well either. Um, Ukraine, there was the year they should have won. Oh, okay. So... Uh... So I was going to save this for another podcast, but let's talk about it since you just brought it up. Tell me about the year that Ukraine should have won. Okay. All right. So the song was called Gravity, and it came in second. Right, so great song. Right, the stage show was weird. It was weird. Isn't that the one where she got carried in by a giant? Uh, yes, yeah, by awesome. a giant in a Viking costume. Uh, yeah, which that was, was great. That was really confusing coming from Ukraine. I, <laughs> yeah, it had nothing to do with the song. No, it's just, I don't know if she hurt her ankle or what when she just had this huge Viking carrier on stage. What I'm guessing is that her ankle was hurt. But not because she tripped. I bet she was attacked. You think she was Tanya Hardinged? Probably so, <laughs> by Danish gangs. So, uh, this was a couple of years ago. Yes. And my husband still, still <laughs> carries a grudge about this. So, yes, I do. why do you blame uh, Denmark? Okay. All right. So, um, so Denmark ended up winning. And their song was fine. It was a very nice second place song. I would have no complaints there. Uh, But Ukraine's was obviously better. And not only that, but I'm pretty sure that most of Europe agreed with me, except that there were cases where they found people literally bribing people to call in votes for Denmark. Which is not not cool. Uh, No. Not kosher. Now... Could they have possibly bought enough votes to tip the contest so that Denmark won rather than Ukraine? I'm not going to say yes, but I think we should consider the possibility that they did buy enough votes to to, to steal the um, 
contest from Ukraine. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you just like the Ukraine song better. Well, I, I'm perfectly objective about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that every time the Denmark song comes on, uh, he goes, cheaters. <laughs> well, they were. <laughs> now, okay, to be fair, we don't have any evidence that the performer herself was funding these bribes. It easily could have been friends, family, the Danish mob. I don't know. The government. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> probably not. Probably no, not I doubt the government. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, we have big opinions about Eurovision people. Yes, we do. <laughs> Long standing opinions. And that's why we have this podcast so that we can share those opinions with you and finally get them out of our living room and into someone else's. If you uh, want to share your opinions about Eurovision, about the songs, about uh, Nordic cheaters, you can reach us on Twitter at Meg and Lucas, one word, or on Facebook where we are Amera Eurovision Cast. One word. One word. <laughs> Amera Eurovision Cast is a member of the Retrograde Orbit Radio family. Thanks for listening. I'm Meg. And I'm Lucas. And in the words of 2015 winner Mon Zelmerlau, we are the heroes of our time. We-